0: I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. Well, let's begin by going to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word and Lord, now as we come to this time to dig into your word, we pray that you would write its eternal truth on all our hearts. Lord, let us live to be faithful to your word. Uh, because it's in your word that we come to know you. And we conform to your will and to your character. So, Lord, open up our hearts today to let us see your word plainly and clearly. And show us, Lord, how it applies to us today. Now, these things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, you can turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Uh, we'll be reading, we'll be studying this whole chapter today. So, Deuteronomy 18, 1 through 22. Deuteronomy 18, 1 through 22. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there and turn to page 151 in the Pew Bible. It's page 151 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't have a a Bible at all of your own, then uh, please take that Pew Bible with you, and that's our gift to you. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word, so take it and read it, and uh, it will certainly bless your life. Well, October is designated as Pastor Appreciation Month. And uh, certainly, kind of like Mother's Day and Father's Day, I hope you appreciate me more than just once uh, a month. But uh, That's, that's kind of when it's designated. But, uh, you know, in fact, the fact of the matter is, is that the church is called to continually honor faithful pastors. And uh, that's actually our focus today in, in this message. Honor faithful pastors. That's the The sermon in a sentence, if you will. Now we're coming to a point in in Deuteronomy, as we've been working through Deuteronomy, and and you know we're in this section here that Moses is preaching on the, the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. And he's expounding on the Ten Commandments and taking the general principles of the Ten Commandments and actually applying them to the lives of the Israelites as they're getting ready to go into the land of promise. He wants them to be prepared and to apply these, these laws, these principles to their lives. As they go in, he wants them to live in obedience to God's word. And so he is expounding on the Ten Commandments and showing them how the principles behind the Ten Commandments are to be applied in their everyday lives. And so now we're in a section that deals with honoring godly authorities, honoring God-ordained authorities. It starts with honoring father and mother, but it, it continues to other places, other realms as well. And so we're in this section now where he is talking about uh, Levitical priests and prophets. And so Deuteronomy 18 actually calls Israel to honor their priests and their prophets. So there's three sections in this chapter. And let me kind of give you an overview of, of what's going on here. Uh, first of all, you, you get this first section, chapter, uh, verses 1 through 8, where it focuses on the Levitical priest, And so the Levitical priests were to be spread out throughout the land of Israel. Uh, they didn't just serve there. They had, you had the high priests who served at the main sanctuary there. But then they had Levitical cities that were spread out throughout the, the nation. And so those Levitical priests were out there, and their sole purpose was to teach god's word to god's people so they couldn't all gather together every every saturday every sabbath day there at the central sanctuary to study god's word together all the nation and so he he sent these levitical priests throughout the nation and their job was to teach god's word to god's people that's what they were commissioned to do they were not to Carry out the normal business of like any other Jew. Uh, They were not to have crops and all of those things. They did have some herds and that sort, flocks and that sort of thing there around their cities. But their occupation, their main occupation, was to teach God's word. And so, uh, here in this first section, he says, "Honor those Levitical priests. Honor them." And we're going to look at see how how they are to honor them. And then section two here, verses nine through fourteen. This gives us the purpose of the priests and the prophets. Uh, The purpose of the priests and the prophets is to protect God's people from apostasy. And I'm going to show you that here in a little bit. And then the final section comes around to the prophets. And the prophets, they had their task as well, and and their task was, again, to protect the people from apostasy. But their, their task is a little bit different from that of the levitical priest so priests and prophets they were two distinct offices in israel but they had a similar function right the the their their function was to preach and teach god's word and protect god's people from falsehood from apostasy so the priest as i said they taught the law The Levitical priests, that's their sole purpose, was to teach the law to God's people so that God's people might live in obedience to God's law. And then the prophets came along after that, and and the prophets were to give new revelation and to correct bad, bad behavior along the way. We see that as they come to life in the life of Israel and in the history of Israel. They give new revelation from the Lord because at this point, all they have is what Moses is giving them, the first five books. And so you can see at the Old Testament, there's a few more books there. And so the prophets came to give new revelation and to kind of guide them along and correct bad behavior along the way. When we get to the New Testament, because that's where we are, right? We're in the New Testament. We're New Testament uh, people of God, New Covenant, Christians. And so when you get to the new, new Testament, the New Covenant, the two offices are in some ways, in a sense, they're combined in the office of pastor. And so now we don't need new revelation because we've got the whole complete canon. And so we don't really need that aspect of the prophet. But we still need preachers and teachers to teach us God's word So that we might live in obedience to God's word. And so uh, how we apply this text, Deuteronomy chapter 18, uh, to our lives is to honor faithful pastors as they preach and teach God's word to God's people. And so today I want to show you three ways to honor faithful pastors. Three ways to honor faithful pastors. As, and we're just going to work through this as we go, because that's a, it's, a, it's a pretty big, big chunk of Scripture. So we're going to work through it as we go. But we begin here by noting we honor faithful pastors by, first of all, providing for their needs. By providing for their needs. And we see this in that first section, Deuteronomy 18, 1 through 8. So look with me there and hear what the Lord says. The Levitical priests, all of the tribes of Levi, shall have no portion or inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the Lord's food offering as their inheritance. They shall have no inheritance among their brothers. The Lord is their inheritance as he promised them. And this shall be the priest's due from the people for those offering a sacrifice, whether an ox or a sheep, they shall give to the priest the shoulder and the two cheeks of the, and the stomach, the first fruits of your grain, of your wine, and of your oil, and the first fleece of your sheep. You shall give him, for the Lord your God has chosen him out of all your tribes to stand and minister in the name of the Lord and him, uh, him and his sons for all times." And so we see here that the Lord caused the people of Israel to provide, make provisions for the Levitical priests. They were not to have an inheritance. All the other tribes of Israel, they got an inheritance, right? They, They had land. They had land. They had a place where they could go out and plant crops and grow crops. And they would bring those crops in and they would sell the, those crops and live off of those crops. And so that's how the rest of Israel lived. But the Levites, they weren't, that wasn't their way of, of, of life. God didn't call them to that. God called them to minister unto him by preaching and teaching God's word to God's people. And so he spread them out throughout the nation. And that was their task. Their task was to preach and teach God's word so that God's people might learn to live according to God's will. That was their chore. That was the duty that God had called them to. Therefore, God said, Now the rest of y'all, y'all take care of the priest, right? Y'all take care of the Levitical priest. They're they're to to pour into you, so you pour into them and take care of their needs. And so we see that same thing in today's text, in today's context. God's people are called to take care of God's pastors, the ministers whom God calls to preach and teach his word. You have to understand that a pastor's responsibility is is a grave responsibility. A pastor's responsibility is a grave responsibility. A pastor is called to preach and teach God's word to protect God's people from apostasy, to to give them direction in life. James 3, 1. This is a, a text that always weighs on me when I'm sitting in my study preparing a text of Scripture to preach. This text always rings in my mind. James 3, 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. When I'm sitting in my office, when I'm sitting in my study preparing a message, I remember that as a preacher and teacher of God's Word, I will be judged with greater strictness. Because I stand before you and I say, Thus saith the Lord. I'm not here to preach my thoughts. I'm not here to preach my opinions. I'm here to preach God's word. And if I don't give you God's word, right, if I give you my opinion instead of God's word, then God is going to judge me for that. One day I must stand before God and give an account for what I have said behind this pulpit. It is grave responsibility. It is a grave, grave responsibility, uh, and that's why I spend a lot of time and study and preparation. Especially when it comes to Sunday morning service, because uh, that's when the, the most people are here. Uh, plus, we have an a, a audience who's watching in, and this is going out, it's broadcast to different places, and, and there's people all over the place who are, are listening to our, our Sunday podcast and, and watching live stream. Uh... And so I want to make sure, especially on Sunday morning, that, that I'm, I got it right. I want it right every time, don't get me wrong, but, but I really want to spend a lot of time on Sunday morning because that's when the most people are going to hear God's Word preached and proclaimed from this pulpit. And, and so I have had people raise their eyebrow at me when I say, well, I spend 12 to 15 hours at least on Sunday morning's sermon. I've had preachers raise their eyebrow. Why would you spend that much time on one sermon? Because I want to get it right. Because one day I'm going to have to stand before God and give an account from what I, for what I say, what I speak in this pulpit. I want to get it right. It's a grave responsibility. And I thank you for giving me the time to prepare a message that is faithful to God's word. A pastor's responsibility is a grave responsibility and it is a work worthy of compensation. 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 17 through 18, Paul tells Timothy let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the Scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain and the laborer deserves his wages. It is a labor worthy of compensation. The hours and the sweat. (laughs) No, it's not manual labor, but it is brain labor, right? It, It is intense labor that goes into the preaching and teaching of God's Word. Daniel Block observes, those called into the Lord's service need to be freed up from the demands of normal, gainful employment so that they may attend to the work of the Lord without distraction. The manner in which God, God's people attend to His servants is a barometer of their spiritual health a minister in need is a symptom of a people living independently of God we certainly saw that in the life of of Israel you go and begin to read you, you begin to see different places where the Levites are going out and they're having to do other things to make a living for themselves because the people aren't faithfully taking care of them and that's the times when the israel goes astray when god's people don't care take care of god's preachers and teachers they don't care about god's word and people go astray so honor faithful pastors by providing for their needs and i'm thankful for you church because you have always been faithful to provide for my need And so let me just say that this church has always taken care of me and my family, and I appreciate that so much. So honor faithful pastors by providing for their needs. And providing for pastors' needs is to the benefit of God's people. It's to your benefit, right? Because as pastors faithfully preach and teach God's Word, They protect God's people from apostasy, from falsehood. And that's what we see in the next section. And let me just read that here. Picking up in in verse 6. Actually, I I stopped a little short while ago. But I'll read it because we need to read it. And if the Levites come from any of your towns out of all of Israel where he lives and he comes uh, when he desires to the place that the Lord will choose and minister in the name of the Lord his God, like all his fellow Levites who stand to minister there before the Lord, that is at the central sanctuary, then he may have equal portions to eat besides what he receives from the sale of his patrimony. And so when he, the Levites came in from their towns roundabout about and, and they wanted to serve there at the local at the central sanctuary, at the temple, or the tabernacle, then they were to have provisions provided for them there as well, is what he's saying. Now, verse 9, we're picking up here with the, the protection that, that the, the priests offer. When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn, notice that word there, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations. There shall... Not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens, or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer, or one who inquires of the dead all these false Teachers, right these false prophets for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord and because of these abominations the Lord your God is driving them out before you You shall be blameless before the Lord your God for these nations which you are about to dispossess, listen to fortune tellers and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do this. Instead of learning from all of these false teachers, these false ways, these demonic ways, you're to learn from God's teachers. From the Levitical priest, and as he is continuing on, also from the prophets. And so, as you protect, as you take care of a faithful pastor, honor faithful pastor, you are reaping the benefits. Because as a faithful pastor preaches and teaches God's word, he keeps you, or at least shows you the way of staying out, of abominable, abominable practices. He keeps you away from falsehood. So, so honor faithful pastors by providing for their needs. Second, honor faithful pastors as we continue through our text. By heeding their biblical preaching. By heeding their biblical preaching and teaching. Honor them by heeding their teaching. Notice as he, he continues on here. He gets into the prophet, the Lord your God, will raise up from, for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is him. It is to him you shall listen, just as you desired, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Hebron on the day of the symbol of the assembly, when you said, "Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God and see this great fire anymore." Lest I die, and the Lord said to me, they are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among your brothers, and I will put my word in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my word, that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him." But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that the Lord has spoken has not spoken, When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, what that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. And so he goes right on. Right? He he starts with the Levitical priest. He gives right there in the middle. Don't listen to these false teachers. Don't fall into those abominable practices. If you take care of your Levitical priests, they'll keep you from these abominable abominable practices. And I'm going to give you another teacher as well. I'm going to raise up prophets like Moses after Moses who will also instruct you in my word. And notice how he he describes these prophets. Notice the, the qualities of a faithful prophet. And these qualities actually correspond to the qualities of a faithful pastor as well notice that first of all they are divinely called they are divinely called look at verse 18 again i will raise up from them a prophet god says i will raise the prophet up i will call him out it's not someone that you will appoint it is someone that i will raise up the prophet is called it's just like the pastor is called to serve the lord he has a godly character. Notice again, what, continuing on in verse 18. I will raise up a prophet for, uh, from, for them, a prophet like you, from among their brothers. It's a person like Moses, is a man of, of godly character. A man of godly character who seeks God's way and seeks God's will in his own life. Furthermore, he is Bible-bound. He is bound by the Word of God. And he shall speak, and I will put my word in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Notice, the word that the faithful prophet speaks is the word that God puts in his mouth. He's not speaking his own word. He's not speaking his own opinions. He's not speaking his own thoughts. He speaks the Word of God and so it is with a faithful pastor. A faithful pastor doesn't go off on his own little tantrums about this, that, and the other. The faithful pastor preaches the Word of God and the Word of God only. That's why I preach the way I preach, line by line, verse by verse, because you don't, need to, to, you don't need to worry about my political views. You don't need to worry about how I think things ought to be, because that makes no difference whatsoever. You need to know what God thinks. You need to know God's Word. And so when we come in here Sunday after Sunday, we go line by line, verse by verse. I say, look at this text, look at that text, look at this verse, look at that verse. Because you need to see God's Word. I give you God's Word and I try to explain it and I try to show you how it applies to our day and time. But I pray and I work hard to make sure that what I preach is God's Word. I want to be Bible bound. So, the qualities of a faithful pastor, divinely called, of godly character, and Bible bound. Furthermore, a faithful pastor preaches with biblical authority. As it continues on in verse 19, and whoever will not listen to my word that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. When a faithful pastor preaches God's word faithfully, to obey God's word is to obey God. And to disobey God's word is to disobey God. So whether it's me or some other preacher who stands before you, anyone who stands before you and says, thus saith the Lord and preaches God's Word, to obey that Word is to obey God. And to disobey that Word is to disobey God. Jesus makes that clear. As Jesus sent out the 72, He said, the one who hears you hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. Listen, dear friends. This is serious business. It's serious business. To obey God's word is to obey God. To disobey God's word is to disobey God whether it's read or it's preached to obey god is to obey god's word is to obey god to disobey god's word is to disobey god a faithful preacher preaches with god with biblical authority as a faithful pastor preaches god's word he preaches not in his own authority but the very authority of god and by heeding a faithful pastor's biblical preaching, you not only honor your pastor, but you also honor God. Proverbs 23, 24-25 says, The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. You might wonder, how how is heeding your biblical preaching, how does that honor you? As a pastor, as your pastor, my greatest desire is to see you grow in Christ. Christ. To be more like Christ. And as I see you grow, and over the last seven and a half years, I've seen some of you grow. And as I see you grow in the Lord, I rejoice. I praise God. I give glory to his name. Because he's allowed me to have a little part in your spiritual growth. Just like a parent who sees their child grow up to do wonderful things in life, so a pastor who sees his flock growing in Christ rejoices in their growth in Jesus. Honor faithful pastors by providing for their needs, heeding their biblical preaching, and third, honor faithful pastors by rejecting falsehood. By rejecting falsehood. We see this in the last few verses there, picking up in verse 20. Notice what he says there. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I I have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that the Lord has spoken? When a prophet speaks in my name, uh, in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. Now, notice what we, we say here. Notice this, the, the, the character of, of falsehood. First of all, let me read 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 to remind us what the New Testament says. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. That's today, right? That's not just back then. It wasn't, there weren't just false prophets in Moses' day. Today, there are false prophets amongst God's people. Preaching a false word. So we need to test the character of every preacher. Every teacher of God's word. Test their character. Notice what our text says again there in verse 20, the first part of it. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods. Notice the prophet who presumes to speak, right? There's, there's a, a sense of arrogance there. There's a sense of a pride to presume to speak in the name of the Lord. Oh, certainly this is a word from the Lord. Oh, certainly the Lord would want me to say this. There's this, this, this sense of arrogance in the heart of a false prophet, a false teacher. A sense of pride. Mark chapter 12, verses 38 through 40. And in his teaching, he said, that is Jesus, beware of the, beware of the scribes. Who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplace and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feast. Who devours houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. In other words, be, be, be aware of those teachers who are arrogant That's what Jesus says. The scribes, they they do all that they do so they can get honor from people. They want to be glorified by people. And so they say what the people want to hear them say. They wear those long robes and those fancy outfits and they they say these things and they do all of these things to, to get the accolades of men, to get the praises of men. All the while, they're destroying people. Pulling them down. Pulling them away from the Lord. Instead of to the Lord, they're drawing them away from the Lord. Beware of those. Look at their character. What is their character like? Are they drawing people to themselves or pointing people to Christ? By the way, we were just watching... This week, uh, this came to mind. It wasn't in my notes, so this is free. Uh, but we were watching this uh, this documentary on Hillsong. I don't know if you've seen it. Now, now it, it's it's recorded from a liberal perspective, so everything they say, they want to tear down the church, not just not just. The wrong things they, they're trying to tear down the church completely from all sides but but there's a lot there that that we should be aware of Hillsong up in New York had, had a guy there and I'm not going to mention his name here but but they had the pastor up there and, and there were problems I mean there were problems in this pastor there was a sense of arrogance to him that should have caught some people's Alarm, right? That should have set off an alarm. And and it later came out that there was a lot of falsehood there. But you see, if people would have watched his character, if they'd have paid attention to his character and saw how he exalted self instead of exalting Christ, oh, there should have been some awareness there. I shouldn't follow this guy. You need to look at their character. Look at their character. Who are they pointing you to? Are they pointing you to Jesus? Are you, they pointing you to his word? Or are they saying, look at me, how wonderful and great I am? Are they trying to make a name for Jesus or make a name for themselves? Beware of their character. Furthermore, test their God. Test their God. Notice the the last part of verse 20 there. Uh, who speaks in the name of other gods. That same prophet shall die. Now, we don't kill those prophets today, right? We've already had that discussion. But we don't listen to them, right? We, We don't listen. We don't give them time to 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 speak we don't heed their word they're not part of the true church because they're preaching a false god now when he says a false god we don't have to to say well if he's is he trying to to bring us to a statue and make us bow down to a statue like Molech and the the ashram and stuff like that in the old testament no 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 that's not the way they do it these days right now the way they do it these days the false god is you The false god is you, right? If they're pointing to your exaltation, they they want to build you up. God is all about building you up, making you rich, making you famous, making you healthy, making you all of these things here and now. That health and wealth mess that's peddled so often? You see, that's the way these... False prophets go, these days, they they make it all about you. It's all about you. It's not about Jesus, right? Jesus is just, just how you get all that you want out of life. Jesus didn't come to save you from your sins and promise you an eternal life of joy and rest in Him. He came to die because you're great, you're wonderful, you're all there is, and and you should be exalted above everything else. And so Jesus died so that you can be healthy, wealthy, wise, right here, right now, in this life. That's that false gospel. That's a false God. That is a false God. And I've seen it happen. I've seen people fall for that mess. And when they're dying in the hospital bed from cancer, and they have this pastor standing over in them and said, oh, if you just believe, he will heal you. If you'll just believe, God will heal you. Oh, well, I guess you don't have enough faith. I've witnessed that. But that's where health and wealth leads to. If you don't have enough faith, if you don't have all that you want in life, if you don't have the riches that you want in life, if you don't have the health you want in life, it's all because you don't have enough faith. Because God is all about giving you everything your heart desires here and now. And people, when they don't have all that their heart desires here and now, they think, well, where's God? I don't have enough faith. It's a false gospel. It's a false God. What God are they pointing you to? The God of the Bible? Or God of their own imagination? Or even of your own imagination? Test their God. Third, test their word. Test their word. Picking up in verses 21 through 22 there. And And if you say in your heart, How may we know that the word the Lord has has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if that word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. Now, of course, he's talking about a specific uh, situation there in the Old Testament where God would uh, confirm his prophets. And at at times, he would give them a a prophecy and a a prediction, if you will, and and they would say, this thing is going to happen. And if it happened, you, you knew that that was a true prophet. Of course, we don't have that now. But still, the same kind of principle applies here. What is his word? What kind of word is the preacher or teacher teaching? What is he proclaiming? Is it his own word or the word of God? Second Timothy four through one, Paul charges young Timothy there. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, rebuke. Uh, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. They will not endure the sound teaching of the Word, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Now understand it's not are they preaching the word are they preaching the word that is the the, te- the major test right are they preaching the word not something else not some new fanciful idea are they preaching god's word and to not just are they quoting scripture, right? Because anybody can quote scripture and, and make, a, te- uh, make a, a sermon, make a speech sound somewhat Christianized, right? Uh, they can speak Christianese. They can throw some scripture in there. Joel Olstein does it all the time. Oops, I, I mentioned a name. Sorry. Uh, Joel Olstein does it all the time, right? And he doesn't preach God's word. He throws a text in there and it sounds good. It sounds, he can talk the Christian talk. But that doesn't make him a true preacher. Even Satan knows how to quote Scripture. Well, Satan quoted Scripture to Jesus, did he not? Luke chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are are the son of god throw yourself down from here for it is written it is written the scriptures say right it is written he will command his angels concerning you to guard you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone and jesus answered him It is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. You see, Satan can quote Scripture better than any of y'all can. He can quote Scripture better than anybody. He knows it. He can quote it. He can speak Christianese. He can make it sound, oh, that sounds good, man. That sounds like something I want to get into. But it doesn't make it true is he preaching god's word test his word test his word honor faithful preachers by rejecting falsehood how does rejecting falsehood honor faithful preachers it's kind of like the son who warns his son or the father who warns his son, Son, stay away from that guy. Stay away from that drug dealer. Because all he's got is death. And if the son stays away from the drug dealer, the father rejoices. Praise the Lord. he stayed away from the death. But it also breaks a pastor's heart. When he warns and mourns, and people still go after the falsehood. Galatians chapter three, verse one, Paul. You can hear this some in Paul's voice. Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was from it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was. Publicly portrayed as crucified. Oh foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? I poured myself out upon you. I taught you truth. How can you so quickly go after falsehood? Oh honor faithful preachers. By heeding their word and rejecting falsehood. Honor faithful pastors by providing for their needs, heeding their biblical preaching, and rejecting falsehood. My great desire, again, my greatest desire for each and every one of you is that you might grow in your relationship with Christ and grow to become more like Christ. And as I see that happening in your lives, I rejoice. And more than anything else, that's the greatest reward. Is when I see people grow in their relationship with Jesus, under my preaching and teaching, there's joy. Great, great joy. Of course, that all begins having a relationship with jesus christ maybe there's some you've never trusted in jesus you never began that relationship with christ you you don't know him you're estranged from jesus you'll never be like jesus you'll never have a relationship with jesus if you don't trust in him And so my plea to you today is if if you've never trusted in Jesus Christ, I want you to know this, that Jesus Christ came, He lived, He died for you. So that you might be reconciled to God, that you might have a relationship with Him, that you might have eternal life in Him. Not that you can have all that you want here and now in this life. No, that's not what He came for. He came to give you eternal life in Him. And if you trust in Him, Put your faith in him. He will save you from your sin and give you eternal life. If you don't know Jesus, start that relationship with him today. Trust him. Surrender to him. And begin that walk with Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word. Oh, we're just thankful that your word just covers everything. There's nothing in life that is not covered in, in the Bible. And so, Lord, we just thank you for that today, for all that you have given us in Scripture. But, of course, the greatest thing, Lord, is that your Scripture points to you and it points to your salvation in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Let us always look to Him, our great shepherd, our great preacher and teacher. Let us look to Jesus. And, Lord, if there's any who don't know Jesus today, Lord, I pray that they would surrender their hearts to Christ. And trust in him. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen.